0: Good morning, Holly Springs. Morning, Glad we got to be a part of that, uh, that, that video. Basically what the video is to say is this, is that we just want to honor for those who've given their lives for Memorial Day weekend and for Memorial Day, that we can remember those who our country was founded on from the American Revolution all the way to today. Um, this isn't Veterans Day where, where we celebrate everyone who fought for the war, but these are the people who actually who have died for our country. And it seems like it's just a weekend where we have hot dogs and slip and slides and, and we finally get into a pool. But instead, this is a weekend that we remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have freedom. And what we want to do is we just want to honor that. Um, we're really glad that you're here with us for Holly Springs. At here at Holly Springs, you can see that we have all kinds of things that we, we have planned after service. And we'll talk more about that as the, as the service goes on. But hey, let me, let me start us off with a, with a thing of prayer so that we can be able to pray for families and just for thanking God that we get to live in America and we're understanding that freedom of religion and freedom that is not shared all the way through this world and that being a Christian is something that sometimes is offensive and it's hard and that but God never told us that it was going to be easy. So let's pray. And let's pray for our country. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. God, I thank you so much for how good you are to us. God, we pray, Lord, for just Memorial Day. We pray, Lord, for those who gave their lives so that we could have freedom. And, God, that we can be able to just honor you and praise you through this service. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you could just be with us. God, I pray, Lord, that you're with everyone as they are traveling. We know we have a lot of people who are out of town. And, God, I pray, God, that you would be with them. Well, I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us as we take apart this stage but God, I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us as we just grow closer to you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, again, I want to thank everyone who's here today. Here, Maybe if you're visiting from Holly Springs or you're just maybe one of our wonderful members that are here uh... we want to thank you for being here as you see we do have tons of construction everywhere Um sheetrock and plywood what we plan on doing is basically taking apart this stage and being able to update it and upgrade it and make it something that's a whole lot easier to use um, if you want to stay and be a part of this afterwards uh, we have some men that want to stay you you are welcome to uh... we do have a sign up sheet uh... we're gonna try to make sure that we get those men and those women fed for that afterwards um, but it's going to be a really exciting time. This is an exciting time for our church. I know those who are watching this online, we're thankful for you watching this online. So you might things are going to look different today. And if the internet is slow, if you're watching this online, we, uh, we know that it is. We cannot figure out what's going on with Suddenly, um, Guys, we really thank you for here. If you're here visiting with us today, inside of our bulletin, there's a little place you can tear out. Put it inside of one of our offering boxes. Our offering boxes are in the back um, where it little says Holly Springs. There's also one in the Welcome Center. Guys, we're really happy you're here today. Let's worship.
1: Yes, we are excited that you have chosen uh, Holly Springs to be your place of worship this morning. But we serve a great God, and it's in him that that we live and move and we find our being. Let's stand and let's worship him. All things bright, all things bright, and beautiful you are. All things wise and wonderful you are. In my darkest night, you. in faith our provision through the desert you see it through to the end you see it through to the end let's praise Him the Lord our God the Lord our God is ever faithful changing through the ages from this darkness you will lead us and forever we will say you're the Lord our God sing in the silence and the sigh. we can know you are good, all your plans are for your glory, still we can know you are good, we can know this, yes we can know you are good. you. We won't move without you. You're the light of all and all that we need. We won't move. We won't move without you. We won't move without you. You're the light of all your love has brought us out of the darkness into the light lifting our sorrows bearing our burdens healing our hearts to our God we lift up one voice to our God we lift up one song to our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah. To our God we lift up one voice, to our God we lift up one song. To our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah. we we'll sing and believe this, our chains have been broken. Chains have been broken, eyes have been opened. An army of dry bones is starting to rise. Death is defeated, we are victorious. up one song to a God we lift up one voice, singing, hallelujah! To a God we lift up one voice, to a God we lift up one song, to a God we lift up one voice, singing.
2: Thank you for being here to worship with us this morning. I'm excited for today and all that today holds in store for us. Thank you for being um, flexible in where you sit this morning. Uh, Some of you could not sit in your personally assigned pews that you don't allow anybody else to sit in. And we appreciate you being able to move just a little bit Some people have asked if Holly Springs is a wealthy church, and your answer is right there. Look at all that lumber right there. (laughs) We are worth millions of dollars. (laughs) Gary said uh, just a little while ago he was talking to somebody about the plywood, and he was saying we hope we get to use the plywood that's up here, and send it back. And I said, we are not sending that plywood back. We are holding on to it until it goes triple and quadruple what it's worth right now. We're going to make millions off of that plywood. So if you have your Bible, and we'll share some more with you here at the end, you're you're going to be amazed, I think, at how... Uh, This sermon is going to go because I want to share with you uh, at the end just a few things about what's getting ready to happen in the life of our church. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can uh, be prepared to turn with me. We're going to look at several different passages this morning. So just be ready. Let me start off by just saying that this morning we're looking at Sermon 6 in the sermon series, Countering the Culture. And we're going to give you a quick synopsis every Sunday, when I try to give you a synopsis, it it ends up taking 15 minutes of the sermon because we've done five sermons already. So here we go. We're going to do a synopsis in 30 seconds. Ready? Number one, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Number two, always speak the truth but speak it in love. Number three, we do not believe in moralistic therapeutic deism. And if you weren't here for that sermon, Google it and look it up. Number four, it's incredibly important for us to practice godly parenting by being a godly examples to our children. And number five, what I shared with you last week, the Bible is the truth without any mixture of error. It's our rock. It's our foundation. And it's our core belief. We're going to emphasize that even a little bit more this morning. But before we tackle or dive into any scripture, let me stay true to my word, share with you a couple of examples. In fact, in this morning's sermon, you're going to hear about four different examples of where culture has really influenced the Christian walk and what's going on in our world even So let me share with you a little bit about this. This breaks my heart, but most of you may have already seen this already, but the Lego group, you know about Legos? Since 1949, they've been making Legos, and since 1949, people have been stepping on Legos and saying curse words. So um, I I grew up with Legos. You probably grew up with them too. It's, It's crazy. And now we can add that company to the people who are supporting LGBTQ activism. Here's what the company tweeted. We're super excited to reveal our new set of Legos. Everyone is awesome. Because we celebrate every Lego builder, an emoji of a heart and a rainbow followed a picture of Lego figures in a variety of colors and physical characteristics. The creator of the series added that the purple figure in the Lego series is a clear nod to all the fabulous drag queens that are out there. Here's a new policy that went into uh, effect in China just a few weeks ago. It requires all clergy and all religious leaders in China to support the leadership of the Communist Party, to support the socialist system, and to practice the core values of socialism while adhering to the autonomous management of a religion. As a result of this policy, Chinese Communist officials removed all Bible apps, on 24 through 27 it was a crime for her to quote that scripture in parliament they called it hate speech a tweet for which she was accused of and then she was interrogated by the police because she put out that tweet this is what she said i will not back down from my views I will not be intimidated into hiding my faith. The more Christians keep silent on controversial themes, the narrower the space for freedom of speech gets. Now, we see that in other parts of the world. I've had the privilege of traveling to a couple of communist countries in my time in the ministry. And... uh, When you cross the border, uh, there's always the threat that something may happen, Uh, especially if you're trying to smuggle in Bibles or take Bibles in. Uh, They used to say you could bring your own personal Bible in. Nobody would give you any grief for that. But now we're beginning to find that even traveling with a Bible across a communist border is a chance to be arrested. I actually have a friend, Laura and I do. uh, He grew up here in Nacogdoches, uh, was in my youth and college ministry. He's gone on into the ministry now. He pastors a church up in uh, the Idaho, Washington State area uh, and serves on campus ministry there. His name is Matthew Young, and Matthew actually is forbidden from going into Vietnam because when he was a college student and was serving as a, a missionary in Vietnam, he was doing what they called Bible drops back then, which would he would actually go into places, not really even communicate with anybody, but he would just leave a stack of Bibles, Michael, kind of like the Gideons will do, except the Gideons usually hand them out and just don't drop them off. But it's the same kind of principle, and he would go into all these public places well sure enough in one of those public places he dropped off bibles and then he was followed out of the building and he was questioned and basically arrested for what he was doing and he was forced out of the country and he went tried to go back next year to do the same thing and when he got to the border they had flagged his name already, and the customs people and the immigration people in Vietnam, when he got to the border, told him he was never allowed back in the country again, and put him on a plane and sent him back to America. It's the kind of world we live in, and the question becomes to you and to me, how do we prevent that from happening to our country? and you just have to have blinders on and not being willing to look at the truth of what's happening in our world to think that that's not creeping into our society. Today, as we think about how important the core of Scripture is to our belief system, I want to share with you today that Christians are now what some people refer to as intellectual outlaws. And by that I mean that the world believes that we are actually intellectually ignorant for believing what we believe about Scripture. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, there's really some smart people sitting in this room. We have doctors and lawyers and teachers and... A nurses, man! when I look around this room and think about how smart the people are that are in this room, how intellectually brilliant the people are that are in this room, and think about how the world is beginning to look at us as intellectually ignorant because we believe in the scripture, and because we believe in a savior, it's hard to understand what is going on in our world. But I will tell you this, the culture of today grows more and more resistant to God. And any gods who would dare proclaim such a system that would incorporate words like thou shalt and thou shalt not. In other words, the world that's around us, the culture that's around us, it's basically calling us ignorant because we believe in a God who says, this is how you ought to live, and this is how you ought not to live. How do we respond to that? Well, we have a couple of choices, obviously. We can retreat inside the building like we do on Sunday mornings, and I don't consider this a retreat. I consider this a time where we gather to worship the God that we believe in, but a lot of churches just want to keep it all here and, and they don 't want to take it out anywhere and and I stand with you and celebrate a scripture that we will read in just a few minutes where our job is to take the gospel around the world. so we can't just sit here in our little worship center in our little cocoon and celebrate how life used to be believe me i I'm not sharing with you this morning. All of that that I've shared with you to say, wasn't it great how we used to be in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s before we were like that? That's not what we can do. We can't look back in the past and say, well, it used to be great in the past, but it's not so great anymore and we can't do anything about it. I don't believe that. I do believe that we can live in the present and prepare ourselves and the next generations to come to be ready to fight the battle. And that's what I want us to do. So how do we respond? How do we respond to this overwhelming tide of influence that's coming into our world? Let me share with you just a couple of things. First of all is this. Believers must continue to be faithful to the Savior and to his church. Listen, I know you have lots of options of what to do on Sunday And I know you have thousands of options of what to do on Wednesday. But let me tell you something. If we don't make the church a priority in our lives and worshiping the Savior a priority in our lives and teaching our children what it means to be believers in Jesus Christ and learning more and more about what it means to be faithful to the kingdom and becoming greater and greater disciples of Christ, we will lose this battle. We must learn to say and tell what the truth is, the biblical truth is, and we must learn it well. We must stand for what is right and stand up for what is wrong. Stand up to what's wrong. We must hold those accountable who teach false doctrine. Listen, it's important for you to hear me say this. We have got to be willing to hold those people accountable who are teaching false doctrine, and we must hold fast to the core theological convictions of the Christian faith and to the authority of Scripture. It's important for you to hear me say that, because as your pastor, I've stood up here before, and I have used the names of people who preach in megachurches and who teach a false doctrine, a wealth doctrine or a, a, another type of doctrine that doesn't follow into biblical truth. And I've even had some people come to me and they've said to me, well, so-and-so is not such a bad guy. And the truth is probably he's not such a bad guy, but he's teaching a false doctrine. And when people teach false doctrines, they need to be called out. Listen, hear me say this. That's what most of the world would call a Mormon believer, is a Christian. And the truth is, they don't believe the core theological faith. And we have to be willing to say that. There's some things that we just can't give an edge on. You cannot give an edge on, do you believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior Or do you believe that He was just a good man and a good teacher and did some good things while He walked this earth? If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 28, a scripture that you're very familiar with. Listen to what it says. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. I hope all of you are familiar with this. But I just want to read it to you because of the importance of understanding the fact that we can't hide here. We have to be willing to live here, disciple ourselves here, grow here, and take the gospel to the world. In Matthew 28, verse 18, again, hopefully you're so familiar with this, but it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Man, if you're going to emphasize a word there, please emphasize the word that all authority. That Jesus, excuse me, Jesus wasn't just given partial authority. He wasn't given just a one-fourth authority. He was given all authority. And then He made this statement. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, I'll get in trouble for saying this because I know a lot of you are into politics. But listen to me, our hope does not rest in politics. Our Our hope doesn't rest in millionaires joining Holly Springs, although I would love to have a couple of them here. That would be great. But our hope doesn't rest in a bunch of rich people joining here. Our hope doesn't rest in a movie star buying into the faith or an athlete becoming a believer. All of those things are wonderful Nothing wrong with any of them, but the only thing that's going to change everything in the world is for good people to come to faith in Jesus and believe the Scripture and what it teaches, that He is the way, that He is the truth, and that He is the life. Well, I, I, I just want you to hear my heart when I say, how important it is for us to rely on Jesus and no one else. Second thing I I want to share with you is that this is discipleship to Christ means that you're going to have demands on your conduct, your virtue, and your morality. Listen, when you become a follower of Christ, it's not checking a box just to say, well, I did what my parents did or I did what some friend did. It's us saying our lives are going to be totally different from this moment forward. We're going to be different in the way we conduct our lives. We're going to be different in the way we live our lives. We're going to be different in the way our morality rings out to other people. Uh, Just the other day, I was uh, eating dinner, uh, eating lunch with Laura at a, at a place here in town. And um, we had ordered um, our food and, and the waitress was super kind. And she, was, she brought our food and she brought everything and then she brought the check. And when she brought the check, I noticed that she hadn't charged me for tea. And I, uh, she came over to the table and she was ready to take my credit card. And I said, before you take this credit card, you need to look because you did not charge me for tea. And she winked at me and said, I know I didn't charge you for tea, but I'm impressed that you would ask me about it. Listen, that's, that's not a big deal. That's a $2 glass of tea. And I, I could have easily have just blown it off, or I could have easily, which trust me, would not have been hard for me to do is to celebrate the fact that I finally got a glass of tea that didn't cost two bucks, you know, that I got it for free. But that's not what believers do, right? That's not how we act. We are called to live differently. Listen to what it says in 1 John 5.3. You you can turn there if you want. Uh, 1 John 5.3 says this, For this is the love of God. You want to know how you love God? Listen to what the scripture says. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. Listen, being a part of this church, I I can't speak for all the other churches out there, although I know there's a lot of good churches out here in this community, a lot of great churches out here in this community. But I can tell you this about our church Belonging to this church means you're part of a community that's striving to live in holiness and obedience to God. Does it mean we're perfect? No. But does it mean we're trying to be holy people, trying to be obedient to God people? Yes. And honestly, I say this with deep conviction. If you don't want to try to strive to be a holy person, and if you don't want to strive to be a convicted moral person, morally correct person if if you're not striving toward those things this is probably not the church for you and i don't say that mean i don't say that vindictive and i say that as a broken person who struggles with a lot of things but one of the things that i'm striving to be is holy and i know one of the things that you're striving to be is holy true To and holy also, and if that's not what you're striving to do, if you're just in it for the for the camaraderie of the the people, or in it for the free meals that we give out, like today before we do all the work, or if that's what you're in it for, you're in the wrong church. You need to be somewhere else. I I don't mean that mean, but I'll show you some other churches. Listen. When churches blur the line between truth and scripture, then they're leading people to confusion into a non existent gospel. When when we blur the lines between what's really truth and what really is the faith, then we're just blurring the lines and we're leading people to be totally confused people. And I refuse to do that. I don't want you to be confused about what you believe at all. Neither does Gary, neither does Clint, neither does Jason, anybody that serves on our staff. We want you to know exactly what the truth is. If you don't think that's a struggle for churches, listen to this. The United Church of Canada recently dealt with Greta Vosper. Greta Vosper who was a pastor in one of their churches. Listen to this. In 2008, she wrote a book entitled With or Without God. In other words, her book was have God or you cannot have God. It really doesn't make any difference. She had replaced Scripture with her own concept of what morality and virtue was. In 2013, guess what happened with Greta Vosper, the pastor of one of the churches in the United Church of Canada. She became an atheist. She declared, listen, that there is no God, that no one's in charge, accidents just happen, and anyone who believes in God just has an outdated worldview. So the church hierarchy called her on the carpet. And you know what they did with her after they went through all of the rigmarole and all the stuff that they went through trying to figure out what to do with her? This is what the church hierarchy finally decided. They reached a settlement with her. That atheism is not incompatible with the church. (laughs) I'm not making this up. They reached the settlement with her that atheism is not incompatible with the church or their belief system. In other words, you can pastor a church in Canada and you can be an atheist. Okay. Adam Hamilton, you know that name? No, maybe not. He's the pastor of the largest United Methodist Church in America. And this is what he stated recently. I mean, just real recently. All texts from the Bible, all the texts from this beautiful book that God has given us, his truth, all the texts can be sorted into three different buckets. Here's the buckets. The first bucket is texts that never amounted to the expression of God's will. In other words, there's things in here that really weren't ever God's will. And we can put them in that bucket. Here's the second bucket. The second bucket is full of texts that one time express God's will, but he's changed his mind. And so you have a bucket where it was never God's will. And then you have a bucket that you can put this into, and it was used to be God's will, but it's not any longer God's will. And then the third bucket is this it holds the texts that are really God's will and always will be. This is the pastor of the largest Methodist church in America. He says that the scripture is not inerrant, and get this, it's up to humans to decide what is and isn't the truth. Do you understand why I emphasizing to you how important it is what church you go to and who you listen to. So let me summarize everything that I've shared with you this morning and just make this statement to all of us. What do we do when the world wants to tell us about Jesus and who he is and what he says to us? will you do me one last favor? Will you turn in the book of Matthew? And will you look at chapter 16? We're going to start with verse 13. So what do we do when the world tells us about Jesus or what they want us to believe about Jesus. Look at what Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 16. This is verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say the Son of Man is? This would be no different than if Jesus was here today. And he was standing here and I had the privilege of sitting where you're sitting. We had the privilege of listening to Jesus preach to us. And he turned to everybody in Holly Springs and he said, who do the people out there say that I am? What what are they saying about me? You're my disciples. Tell me what they are saying about me out there. I don't think we would answer much different than what the disciples say in Matthew 16, verse 14. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Do you hear what's going on there? The, the, the translation today would be, some say, Jesus, that you're a great, great man. And we really love a lot of the things you stand for. We love the fact that you're merciful and that you're kind and that you're forgiving. And who doesn't love that about Jesus? And some people out there, Jesus, say that you're a great speaker. That when you speak, you really hold the audience. And we love listening To you speak. Because it makes us feel better about ourselves and who we are. And then verse 15, Jesus turns back to his disciples and says, But what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said this, You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Do you see what Peter answered here? Peter didn't mince words. Peter didn't beat around the bush. Peter didn't say like the world was saying, well, he's a a good speaker or he's a kind person. Or I feel good when, when he communicates with me. Peter didn't say any of that. When Jesus said, who do you say I am? Peter said, you are Jesus Christ. You are the son of the living God. Man, he hammered that stake in the ground and he said, I will not be moved. And listen to what Jesus says. Blessed are you. Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man. What? So the outside world who was trying to convince the disciples who Jesus was, oh, He's a great prophet. He's a great speaker. He's a kind person. All those things that were true that the outside world was trying to convince the disciples that He was, but He wasn't God. Simon said, No. Simon said, Yes, he's a great speaker. Yes, he is a wonderful person. Yes, he is kind. But the most important thing that he is and was and ever will be is that he is Jesus, the Son of the living God. And that's the truth. And Jesus blessed him for it. Jesus said, Thank you, Simon Peter, for speaking the truth. And I'll tell you something, Simon Peter, the world didn't teach you that, but your Father in heaven revealed that to you. You want to know who Jesus is? Don't let the world tell you who Jesus is. Let the Father tell you who Jesus is. And the Father will speak to you through His Word. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say. I tell you the truth, Peter, that you are the rock that I will build this church on. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. A lot of people have mistaken that to understand that the church was going to be built on Peter. Nothing could be further from the truth. The the church is built on the statement that Peter made. That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. You want to know what Holly Springs believes about Jesus? Holly Springs believes that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And we will stand on that. And we will not be moved. We will not take the scripture and we will not put it in one bucket of what we believe, one bucket of what we're not sure of, and one bucket that God must have just made a big mistake. That is not the Bible that we study, that we believe in, and that we worship. So the question for you today and the question for me today is who do I say that Jesus is? And who do I allow to define Jesus for me? Who do you allow Jesus to be for you? Who defines Jesus for you? My prayer for all of us, for each and every one of us, is that it would be God. Who defines Jesus for us and nobody else? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to worship the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Father, we are so thankful to have a book that was given to us, the Holy Scripture that we believe to be the truth without any error. And God, today we turn our hearts to You and we ask that You would protect us from the influence of the outside world who wants to mold and shape the Jesus to who they want it to be. Father, may You continually grow us as your disciples to plant our our faith firmly in you. Father, will you make Holly Springs a beacon to the world that we live in. Father, we love you. We proclaim our faith in you and we put our trust in you and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to stand and worship one more time before we're dismissed this morning. My encouragement to you this morning is that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to share with your heart and with your spirit what the Lord has been teaching you today and maybe in the past days, in the past weeks, in the past months. And if you have a decision this morning that you would like to make, whether it's a decision to follow Christ in a personal relationship, or maybe a decision to become a part of a body of believers like Holly Springs, or maybe just a moment to come down and spend a few moments here uh, kneeling at the front, praying to the Father. Whatever you need to do, I pray that you would have the courage and strength to do it as we stand together and as we sing with Jason.
1: it's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise We pour out our praise It's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise you only You give life